everybody, welcome back into the Bird Talk podcast. Uh, coming back for, for the next episode. Got some good stuff we're getting into today. Yes, Brian is back again. Uh, you're gonna, he's going to be here for the next, for, for here on out. So, you know, we rocking and rolling, baby. Brian, go ahead and say something to the people. Hey, we back like the Eagles back in the Super Bowl this season. That's right, baby. 2020. That's the year. Let's go ahead and get this thing. I feel real good. Feel real good. I'm real feeling really good about today's show. Uh, I like our talking points. Yeah, we got so, we got some good stuff coming up. Super let's excited. Get this thing rolling. All right, man. So first, we'll just give everybody a little breakdown of what we're gonna get into today. We're gonna get into the tight ends. Um, we're gonna talk some Ertz Goddard. We're gonna also talk a little Josh Perkins, Alex um, Ellis. We're gonna get into this uh Hertz Wentz thing. Y'all didn't hear really y'all didn't really hear much from us besides the first episode where we kind of touched on it, but we didn't really dive into it. And then um if there is a weak spot on this team, because I think this team is loaded. If there is a weak spot, it's definitely at that linebacker spot. So, you know, we're gonna discuss that today as well. Definitely. Uh, we gave you guys our all-time uh offensive lineups last week. This week, we're going to give you guys our all-time defensive lineups. Ooh, that was hard. Fun. Boy, I tell you, those defensive lineups was harder than the offensive ones. I don't know about you. They, they really are. Those, yeah, those defensive lineups was harder than the offensive one. It's some it's some great – we got some We got some great players that played in in Philly. We got we, – We really do. We, Boy, like, we this, this team right great. here that I have on my, on my piece of paper, man, Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm interested to see what your team is and, and how it stack up against. I did a little digging. I did a little. I did a little digging. I, I I went back a little bit, man. I went back a little bit. Okay, I back a little bit. So I, I yeah. got some guys. I got some legends I I didn't get to see play as well in my lifetime. Yeah, but. yeah. I got a couple of them. I went back. I look at the stuff they they was doing. It's like, listen, I ain't get. It's a couple players on there that I didn't get to see play, but I'm like, yo. The, the the numbers that this dude's putting up ridiculous, ridiculous, ridiculous. Like, <laughs> so um, first thing first, we actually gonna dive into something really quick. Um, that Prescott and the Cowboys, you know, um, got a little turmoil over there. Look like he turned down thirty five mil a year. That would have made him the second highest paid quarterback in the league, I believe, behind Russell Wilson. Man, he, he's crazy for turning down 35. <laughs> I thought he was crazy, too. I, I thought he was crazy, too, for it. So we just had to touch on that real quick, man, because, you know, what I was talking about was I thought that this was a little bit of Jerry Jones playing his chess game. You know, you know, Jerry Jones likes to play with the media. He, he likes for everybody to talk about him. He likes for us to talk about him. Like yeah, that's how he makes his money. Yeah, so, you know, but when I heard that come out, I'm saying, he turned down $35 million? That now that's what thirty five million. You turned out thirty five million. Come on, man. Uh, he he he's <laughs> got to give he's got to give people something to talk about. I, I think, feel like this was. Pat I, I feel like they're playing. I feel like they're playing. They they already have this contract thing figured out. If they don't, then that's going to be their problem because um, I wouldn't mind going against Andy Dalton twice a year if Dak Prescott decides to hold out. That's crazy, man. Because there was also another report. Um. There was another report saying that the, the real holdout was because he wanted 45 in his last year of the contract in order to get a wow. fifth year on it. Oh, dude's coming out of pocket. Um. <laughs> He's coming out of pocket. Now, Dak is a good quarterback. Don't get me wrong. Like, now I hate the Cowboys. 
I hate them, but I'm oh, a realist when I, I talk hate, about I hate the Cowboys too, but let's be realistic. Dak Prescott is no Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, he yeah, he ain't no Pat Mahomes, but he's he's actually for if the if the Cowboys give him 40 mil a year, Patrick Mahomes might go get 60. <laughs> he might that would be that would be crazy. I could see I could see that happening just because he's Patrick Mahomes. Exactly. He can do it all. Exactly. That that's that's insane to me. But um we're gonna um touch on this also. It was some reports that came out with the Eagles and McCoy that they actually been in talks about him returning to the Eagles. Um, okay. Yeah. So so we got some reports on that. And there was also another, that report was from a, a day or two ago. Um, there was another report this morning saying the Eagles pretty much narrowed it down to McCoy and, and Freeman. You know? So who who you think, I, man? I, 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 I I'm on. Who you think? Who you think? What you? What are you thinking? If you I mean, could choose one of the two. Last show, I was definitely more on the McCoy side, just because he deserves to retire an Eagle. Um, he should have never not been on this team. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, we brought Deshaun back last season. I would love for us to bring Lashawn McCoy back. Um. I don't feel like he's going to be one of those vets who wants to be on the field every play. Um, I feel like he'll be good for the uh, the young running backs we have in the room. Uh, I do remember a lot of reports coming out saying that uh, Miles Sanders could be Shady 2.0. So if you're going to be Shady 2.0, why not have the 1.0 in the same building with you? Leadership, Learning man. From the best. Um, try to get Shady another Super Bowl before he, he calls it quits. I know he said he only probably wants to play like at least two more years. I know he said he wants to retire in Eagle, so – Bring him, bring him ahead. Um, but if we do go Freeman, I won't be disappointed with that pick as well. I feel like we do need that power back stability. Um, so yeah, um, either either one, I'm fine. But if I had to choose, I I'm going shady all the way. So this this is where I'm at. This is where I'm at. Now, last episode, it it, it I kind of le- I was leaning towards last week. I was leaning towards Freeman a little bit, but you know what? I'm not gonna lie to you, man. Let, I let my emotions get the best of me. I want, I want Shady back, man. That's right. I want Shady. I feel like it's only right. I feel like it's only right. He it's only right. It. It's only right, man. He he did not deserve right, man. To, to go with what he went through. He yeah, deserves, man. Was, he had man. So, he had so much love for this team. Listen, Lashawn so McCoy. Lashawn McCoy is like that. That. LaShawn McCoy is like that that really good girl that you screwed it up with. <laughs> and you just want him to, like, you know, you know, like, he just, he didn't deserve what he got. He didn't deserve that. He, he didn't. He didn't at all. And then, and then, you know, what had me leaning even more towards it was I got some stat comparisons from last year with Freeman and McCoy, and Freeman touched the ball a lot more than McCoy. He had 184 carries for 656, two touchdowns. He averaged 3.6 yards a carry. His long was 28. But what I want people to get is that I feel like once things got rolling in KC, McCoy didn't really get on the field because, you know, they had some good running backs there. And then that, that was just how the season played out. But yeah. I think McCoy still got some juice left in, left in the tank. Uh, um, definitely. You look number-wise, oh, 
Freeman rushed for more than McCoy last year. Yes, he did. He had 656. But McCoy touched the ball 83 times less than him. McCoy had 101 rushes last year for 465. Um, So Freeman had 83 more touches than him. And he wasn't that far ahead of him in rushing yards. And then you look at the touchdowns. McCoy had four rushing touchdowns to Freeman's two. And believe it or not, McCoy actually averaged 4.6 yards a carry. That's, that's still a borderline body. elite. Yeah, that, that's a fresher body. Um, you know, he he definitely took less more hits with the less carries. And, and he was he seemed to be more productive. I mean, yeah, Freeman had the yards. But as a power back in this league, you're, you're taking a lot of hits every time you touch the rock because you're either trying to run somebody over or somebody's trying to put you on your backside. And they're sending you up that middle a lot. Yeah, exactly. And they, but, like, I, yeah, I just – I think, you know what, and then you look at the situation, McCoy comes here, um, you know, we're looking to make Miles Sanders the feature back this year. He's probably going to be the feature back. So – you know, I think McCoy he'll he'll probably get right around the hundred touches. You know, right right around there because um, Boston Scott he's going to get some touches, and then if if somehow some way Corey Clement gets back to twenty seventeen form, and I hope he does really bad. You know, it it it'll be pretty. It it can very quickly turn into a pretty stacked backfield. Yeah, very quickly. Now I think Freeman could help a lot too, but I I I'm really, and I don't know if it's my heart that's leading me there, or is, you know after I've seen the stats and stuff because I was leaning to Freeman, but I've been tilting right back to McCoy, man. It, I've been it's tilting your heart. right back to McCoy. It, it just it, feel right. It, it's your heart, and I'll tell you what would help probably because uh, over the week you had hit me up trying to figure out uh, what week the snow game was that that year we played Detroit in that crazy snow game in oh, yeah, Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Shady went off that game. Yeah, I rewatched so, that game. Yeah. Cool game. Man, it, yeah. It's your heart and, and follow your heart, man. Shady deserves another chance to be in Philadelphia. Yeah, I've been man. saying this for years. And and that's the thing about Philly too, is I swear, man, when is when when players play inside that link, the the energy that we bring and the love that we got for our players, if Shady McCoy step on that field in the link, it's going to give you some extra juice, man. It's, it's going to give them some extra going juice, to be man. Electrifying. Yeah. The, the first time McCoy runs back on that field, the crowd is going to erupt. It's going just, to just go back insane. to the opener last season with, with Deshaun Jackson. How electrifying was the link? Exactly, man. That, that, as soon as that man, as soon as that man ran through that tunnel, that's that's Philly for you, man. We 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 love you hard. And we we tough we, on you. We do as we long as long as you give it your all every yep. play, and you're out there trying. We we love you exactly. But if you're gonna slack off and and exactly and not man. do your stuff, and then get mad at the fans for criticizing you, we're gonna let you exactly. Hear. But you know what? That's why we got the truest fans in the world, and that's why a lot of other fans around they don't like us because we we love our we love our players to death. We're gonna protect them. We're gonna have a back, but at the same time. We gonna let them know when they not doing good. If if the if the offense and the defense come out and they playing crappy, we gonna boom. We gonna let you know you're not playing good. Exactly. That, those boos ain't ain't boos of a of a horrible fan base. Those are boos of a passionate fan base that's letting their team know, yo, y'all not stepping to the plate right now. Us booing yeah. you right now should be a wake up call. 
You know, every everybody's not built for that. That's why everybody's not a Philly guy. Yeah, but, man, definitely not a Philly guy. I can't wait for I can't I can't wait to get McCoy back in there. I'll tell you that much. If if we get him, and I'm 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 not gonna lie, I'm on the McCoy train right now. I won't be mad if we get Freeman, but I'm on the McCoy train right now, man. I ain't gonna lie to you. I'll, I'll I want Shady back. Another white shady jersey. I know that. Yeah, Lashawn McCoy in the white, super clean. Yeah, I got a couple jerseys I've been thinking about getting this year. <laughs> I got a couple of them, man. But um, all right. So let let's go ahead and let's go ahead and get into these tight ends. Let's get into these tight ends. We'll talk a little bit. Of Zach Ertz, um, Dallas Goddard. These dudes were both monsters. These dudes were both monsters, in my opinion. This is what this is what I say to people, man. People don't realize just how good this Eagles offense is. All we was missing was speed last year. You get that in the draft. Zach Ertz, top three tight end in the league. Dallas Goddard's top ten, top fifteen, arguably top ten. You think we got the best one-two combo at tight end? I'm trying to think of teams with two tight ends that I, we could really compare with right now. And I I really don't because George Kittle does it by himself, uh, Travis Kelsey does it by himself, and those two are top three tight ends in the league. So as far as a duo set, I I really don't see anybody else in the league. Yeah, with with Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. I mean, those two literally can do it all. They complement each other so well. Um. Zach Ertz's route running ability, just his ability to get open is is by far untouchable in this league. Uh, Goddard's ability to get upfield with the vertical and and just, I don't, man, that one play against Dallas where he caught the ball, they called him for some, some BS pass, offensive pass. Oh, yeah, that cool crack call. Took the hit in the head, still stood up on, on 10 toes. Ran it in for a touchdown. Come on now, that that's toughness right there. He's legit one of the best. I was happy with the pick when we got him. Um, I can't wait to see his future build with this team. I he's he's learning from the best, honestly. Um, all that he's gonna with his skill set and all that he's learning from Zach Ertz, he's gonna be a problem in the future. Yeah, he's, he's gonna be a problem in the definitely. Future, but as of right now, yeah, we've got the best one-two tight end combination. And see, so so this is like this is the thing. I'm trying. I, I really, I, I try my best not to be biased. Yeah, um, I'm trying my best not to. Be but biased. like, you you really look around. Who's really doing it with two tight ends? Dallas Goddard. You take him off of our team. There's probably about 20 teams in the NFL that he will be starting on right now. I if they agree. could get their hands on him, he will be I a agree. starting tight end, and he will put up even crazier numbers than he's put up. He he hasn't really put up crazy numbers with us, but that's because he's the number two and he's behind Ertz, and he's still on the field a lot. But like he don't get that that number one attention. I mean, just look at it what he did when Ertz was out. Exactly. You know what I mean? When and, he was able to do his rookie year, also that he showed how reliable he he could be of a weapon to Carson. Um. He he he's got it all, man. And and this is and this is and this is another thing. So with Goddard, you know who like when when I say this, all right, I think he's not exactly like this player, but I think he has some similarities. 
um, Kittle from the Niners and Goddard. Now, th- this is the one thing with, with Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz is a great catcher. You know what I mean? He, he's a good finesse player. All of yeah. that, he's great. But you know the one thing that I think that Dallas Goddard is already better than um, Zach Ertz at? His run after the catch. Exactly. Dallas Goddard gets that ball in his hand. He breaks tackles. He breaks tackles. He gets down the field. He'll run you over. He'll stiff arm you. He'll sidestep you. you. He ain't going down. Hit you with the back juke, spin move. Take man. a hit to the head, head helmet knockoff, still run down too. Yeah, man. And it, it's just he he reminds me of, of Kittle. And and this is why he reminds me of Kittle. I remember um I was talking to one of our boys, Judah. You know Judah, the fans don't really know him like that. Yeah, but Judah's actually gonna be on in a in a future episode. We're gonna get him on real soon, probably in the next couple of episodes, two heads up to that. Uh Patriots fan, but he, he got some real good football talk. But um I was I remember like two years ago. I'm arguing with Judah. I'm like, dude, George Kittle is going to be a top three. Um, he's going to be he's going to be a top three tight end in the league next year. People don't really know about him at this point, but I'm watching him. I'm like, yo, dude's a beast. The 49ers just suck right now, and don't nobody realize how good he is because no, they're not getting the attention. Yeah. And exactly what I said happened. He popped. And I think I think Dallas Goddard, he does a lot of the same stuff. Yeah, yeah, I see a lot of I see a, a lot, lot of the same stuff that Kittle does, man. He 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 is big time. Um and, and when I say this, I don't want it to be like I'm taking anything away from Ertz. I I feel like Dallas Goddard's ceiling, like his ceiling once he actually reaches his peak, is actually higher than Zach Ertz. Yeah. I feel like now you can't know until they get there, but I feel like Dallas Goddard can get to the point where when you look back at it and it's all said and done, Dallas Goddard at the peak of his career versus Zach Ertz at the peak of his career, Goddard gets the head over Ertz. I I, I think that it could get to that. Cause man, he he is he's just a monster. I love Goddard. I love him to death. I, I love him and that's exactly why Dallas stole C D Lamb from us this year. Because they wanted him last year. Or and yeah, the, the year after we won the Super Bowl. Yeah, the year after yeah, we won they the wanted Super Bowl. him the, the year after we won the Super Bowl, and we swooped right in. And I see why. <laughs> I see why. I I completely see why he would have been the answer. And you know what? Uh, and you know what? That's one of the greatest picks Howie Roseman made to this day, because yeah. if Dallas Goddard was on the Cowboys right now, that. They wouldn't have. They wouldn't oh have had goodness. to bring back Jason Witten out of retirement. Oh my! Jason Witten would. Jason Witten would still be the, the worst sports commentator on Monday <laughs> he would, Night Football. He'd still be on ESPN <laughs> right now. He'd still be the worst sports commentator on Monday Night Football. So then, um, but what, what I what I also want to talk about though, like, so so we're on this Goddard Ertz discussion. Um, you know, actually, before I get to that, let's chime in on Ertz a little bit because you know we 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 talked we talked a lot of Goddard right there. But Zach Ertz is Zach Ertz is a monster within his own right. Zach Ertz is a beast. Right Zach now, at this point my, in his career, he's probably the all-time tight end. Zach Ertz is my boy for the Eagles. He will forever be my boy. Um, just uh, he'll probably go down. The, it, depending on what Goddard does in, in the future, Zach Ertz will probably go down the best tight end in Philadelphia Eagles history. Yeah, it'll be. I feel like when when everything's said and done. The debate will be between Ertz and Goddard. But who's yeah. the best tight end? It's between Ertz and Goddard. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz. He he's something special. I like to pick. I I loved Zach Ertz when we picked him up. I I went on a limb. I, I'll never forget this tweet. I went on a limb. I think after we had drafted him, or maybe it was after his his first season, and I said years down the line he's gonna be better than Tony Gonzalez. Now maybe I'm reaching, you know, but Zach Zach Ertz is the truth. He he doesn't have that run after the catch ability that he used to in his earlier years. Um, but he he still gets it done. His ability to get open, he he literally can read the defense so well. He just finds the open spot every time. No matter if you double him, teams triple team him all the time. All the time. I mean, all the for, time. for a tight end for a tight end to to break a record for receptions. And have over like a hundred something, that 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 says that speaks your your game skill and your set. Like you did all of that as the number one target. Like defenses look at you, look to stop you before anybody else on this offense. And 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 and, and just chiming in on what you said, I'm gonna go out. On, I'm gonna go out on a limb here, and I'm gonna make a bold prediction. Either Zach Ertz or Dallas Goddard. I don't know which one. Because they're both going to play like starters this year. One of them is going to be the number one tight end in the league. One of them is going to have the most receiving yards for a tight end in the league this year. And and you know why? It's because we got so much speed that when teams were double and triple teaming Goddard and Ertz. And that's another thing. Just think how good Goddard and Ertz are doing. And the focus of teams, teams were specifically focused in on tight ends. There was like, you stop Goddard and Ertz. You stopped the Eagles' offense. That, exactly. It was that simple because we didn't have any deep threats. But one of these dudes are going to lead the league, and um, one of these dudes are going to lead the league in receiving yards for tight ends. And it's going to be simply because once we got all that speed in there, and you know we keep everything healthy, they're not going to be able to double team and triple team them like they're used to. And you see the numbers they put up when they're getting double teamed and triple teamed. Exactly. Just think. All the space that they're going to have middle of the field because Deshaun Jackson, Jalen Rager, uh, Marquise Goodwin are just opening stuff up in the middle of the field. You're so worried about those three people beating you deep. The track team that we have at receivers, that the open, uh, the middle of the field is just going to be opened up. Wide open. The run game, that, that's going to help so much. So Hurts across that middle. Our, our tight ends are, are going to be a problem, especially in the red zone. And Dallas Goddard on that screen, on that tight end screen, I, he, we run, we got the best tight end screen game in the freaking league with Dallas I Goddard. I haven't seen a nasty tight end screen game like that since the McNabb-Brent Selleck days. Yeah. And that's uh, another thing about Ertz. He, he, you feel me? He grew up pretty much under the arms of of Brent Selleck. So he's just passing oh, all yeah, that knowledge. Oh, yeah, he did. He's just passing all that knowledge down to Dallas. Got, we're going to be good. We're Tight, tight end-wise, we're going to be good. Man, you know what's crazy? Because, you know, with, with the quarantine and everything, I had my first day back at work today. But, you know, I was on lockdown after you told me about how they had the, um, the NFL stream where you could watch the games and stuff. I set my account up. I went back. I looked at a couple games. I remember this one game I was looking at. It was the Eagles versus the Cowboys. Um, and it was Zach Ertz's rookie year. 
And I remember this game. And the thing that was like, the thing that was the craziest thing to me is like, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking back at it. And I'm like, wow, younger me at the time when I was watching this game, I had no idea how great Zach Ertz was going to go be. Like, like, I knew he was good, but like, I had no idea how great he was going to turn out to be. And that goes back to the comment that I made on Twitter after we had drafted him. And a bunch of people laughed at me. And I said, Zach Ertz is going to be a problem in this league. So if if he ends up better overall than Tony Gonzalez, and I know Tony Gonzalez is a Hall of Famer, but at the time, that's how I felt. And Zach Ertz has never let me down. I mean, the man literally broke his rib last season in the playoffs or in a game that was very crucially important. Into us making the Cowboys the game. It was the Cowboys game. Yep. Into us making the playoffs. And he comes, he I think he sat like a series, comes back with it wrapped up. He didn't do that much, but, but he, he was, was out there man. enough to distract the defense to help the team prevail for that victory. He was so out there. You can man. come back for that and you lacerated your kidney with a broken rib. You got right back on the field, gave it your all, still helped the team win. Yeah, that's true. That's true leadership right there. Yeah, man, he he was out there, man, and 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 it's not and it's not even about what he did, but you know what? That's why Ertz is exactly where he belongs because that's some Philadelphia Eagles, like that. That is that's some real Philadelphia Eagles blue collar. Strap it up. We gonna go get this right there. I loved exactly. it. I loved it because you know what? Yeah, he didn't do that much when he came back in the game, but the fact of the matter is, is that man he was still a distraction. Broken ribs and all, he said, I got my brother's back. I'm going, I I don't care. I'm going to leave everything I got on this field tonight. It's us versus the Cowboys. Winner is in first place. I'm leaving it out there because I'm not letting my brothers down. And exactly. and that's all you got. You can't ask for more than that from a player. You really can't. what the outcome is. If you left it all out there, you gave 100%. That's all you can ask for, man. That that's all you can ask for. It it really is. It it just goes to show how how passionate these players are for for the team that they play for, and they they recognize an import how important it is to a city like this. They want that that Super Bowl feeling back. They want to be on Broad Street again. He he sucked it up, and he went out there, like I said. He, he didn't do much afterwards, but he was still a big enough distraction to where Dallas was still worried about him and had to yeah. their messages on him. It's yeah. not like they were just leaving him wide open. Exactly, because they don't know how he's feeling for all. They didn't know how bad it was. Yeah, they didn't know how bad it was. He could have he, he tweaked. He could have, you know, limped. Yeah, he like could have came back in and, and went off. Play, he's beating you for 65 yards. Yep. Well, see, then, and now, now, this, now this brings us into the, the next part of this talk. Part of this conversation. Now, Zach Ertz was offered his contract extension. Um, he declined that. It was earlier on in the off season. He did decline that. We have him through this year and next season. Should we be preparing for life without Zach Ertz? I'm already prepared because I have that much faith in Dallas Goddard. Um do I want to see Zach Ertz go? Uh, no, absolutely. <laughs> he's one not. of my favorites. He's one of my favorite tight ends. I still think he has a lot left in the tank, but 
I mean, the beatings that he takes body-wise, because, again, he's not that great of a run-after-the-catch tight end anymore that he, he was earlier in the beginning of his career. Yeah. But, you know, those, those hits, they take a toll after a while. And, I mean, you you broke a rib and lacerated a kidney last season. It's, it's only so much that you can give. You You have to think about your body after football. So yeah. if these are the last two seasons and he decides to retire, I fully respect it. Um, if it was up to me, like I said, I would love to see him continue to play for us. But I'm at, with all that he's done, I'm going to just respect his decision. If he's taking care of his body, if this is a body move, because football injuries can wear down on you, not just in the current stages, but as you get older in life, even after football. So player, player safety is very important. So if if that's the reason why and he's not, you know, going to leave us and then go f- play for another team, then I fully support it. I okay. think we're ready. I think we're ready for, for life after Zach Ertz because he learned from Brent Selleck and um, he won us a Super Bowl. And I'm pretty sure he's – breaking it down at Dallas Goddard, what it's like to be and how to carry yourself as a professional playing for the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, definitely. Now, now what if, so, so let me play a little devil's advocate here. What if Ertz, right? Declines and in two years, he doesn't retire and we lose him to another team. Uh, I'm thankful for the Super Bowl. I will. I won't lie. I'll be upset. Um, I'd rather you just retire, Philadelphia Eagle. We drafted you. Um, you you're a big part of this city. Um, like, I I I would be, I'd be shocked and heartbroken if he went to another team. Same. Me as well. I, I would be shocked and heartbroken. Yep. I, the same. Same here, man. I would that that would it, it probably would, give me the the Brian Dawkins feelings. Yeah, because that one hit hard too. That one that one hit yeah. hard too. But yeah, I would yeah I would definitely feel that. But um, you know, like you were saying with with it, I do feel like we're ready for life without Earth because I feel like Dallas got. I feel like we just we right on time we drafted another monster. You know another, what I mean? Just in time. And the now when when I when I think of like tight end combos, you know. Um, this may be a touchy, a touchy conversation for everybody, but I just want all the, all the, you know, the fans and everything that's listening out there to know is when I bring this guy up, I'm not talking about him as a human being. Um, I, I know he, he's done some, some fucked up shit in his life and you know, yeah, that's just that. I'm, what I'm talking about is just purely football. Now I, I would have liked to see with what Aaron Hernandez and, and um, Rob Gronkowski would have turned in into into um with the Patriots because I would have loved to have them actually been able to do it just so I can compare Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard to them because I feel like before Aaron Hernandez got into all that crap and you know that happened the the, the Patriots had the best one two combo we've seen at tight end and I they definitely like, they definitely did yeah and and I feel like. Right here, this year that we're going into, Dallas Goddard is going to, is is starting to enter his prime. So he's starting to get to that point where he's going to start peaking and having those big years. 
Yeah. And Zach Ertz is still in his prime. And I just I feel like this this combo right here, man. This combo right here. You know, we talk a lot about those receivers and stuff because that was the weak point of the offense. But I'm going to tell you, the, the backbone of this offense is going to be Miles Sanders, Goddard, and Ertz. Re- re- regardless of everything else that's going around, that's the backbone of this offense. In the O-line, of course. But that's the backbone of the offense. It's not the receivers. We just need the receivers to be good enough. Yeah. As long as the receivers are good enough, we will be fine. The backbone is going to come from these tight ends and, and our running back, Booby Miles, man. It's going to come from that. And, and and as far as Wentz can take us. And and I believe that's pretty pretty far. Like I said before, you know, everyone knows how I feel about Wentz. Yeah, I, I think there's only one quarterback that you can legitimately say is better than him in the entire league, and that's Patrick Mahomes. I don't think any other quarterback in the NFL, when you're looking at talent-wise, you can say it's better than Wentz. But that's not the discussion for today. But what I'm saying is I would have loved to compare Zach Ertz and Goddard to um, a complete career of Rob Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez. You know, now I know Aaron Hernandez, he, he's, he's done some crappy crap. And, you know, he, he passed away with the suicide in jail and stuff. I, I know all of that. And I don't want the crowd, you know, I bring Aaron Hernandez up. But listen, I, I get what went on outside of football. I, by no means at all do I support that or think he should have been freed from jail or anything like that for that. All I'm saying is when you're looking at it from a football aspect, purely what's on the field, those two dudes were dirty. And I would have loved to compare their careers together versus Zach Ertz and Dallas got our careers together. They were definitely a problem. Uh, who knows how many Super Bowls the Patriots would have had <laughs> had those two stay together uh, if Hernandez didn't get into any off-the-field trouble or uh, anything like that because they they had uh, the promising of, of being a problem in the National Football League. Yeah. Yeah, they, man. They definitely did. But, yeah, I, I agree with you. It, it definitely would have been something to compare if those two would have been able to play uh, for at least a few more seasons and actually gel together to see what they would have become because Tom Brady did have the best tight end combination in the league at that point with Hernandez and Gronkowski. I can't even argue with that. And that was when Brady was at his best. Yeah. And that's why I feel like these next two to three years, especially if we can keep Ertz here for four more years, which I hope we can, you know, get, if we could, I feel like we could possibly get four years out of him before he retires. If we keep Goddard and Ertz here for four more years, that window is kabooming, man. Like that—that's big shot. Like you know what I mean? <laughs> how how are you going to stop this offense? Exactly. If, if we get if we get him for four more years, that's that's Goddard in his prime. Uh, that's probably Jalen Rieger at the peak of his prime. That's Miles Sanders probably in his prime. In his prime. Carson Wentz still in his prime. Uh, that, that's a lot. Yeah, that that that's a lot. Um, it's offense a lot, man. Very because, deadly. And because and, and this is and this is the thing, you know, in two years from now, Ertz might start declining. But the fact of the matter is, even when Ertz start declining, he'll still be an above average tight end. And the Rose O'Connell just reversed. 
Ertz will be the number two three years from now. Goddard yeah. will be the number one. And Ertz will still be putting up great numbers. And Goddard will be that guy that's just slicing and dicing on the defense in his prime. And it would even make it easier for Ertz to expand his career out. Like, I yep. think the, the, way the, the way that the time schedule lined up with them from where Goddard's at, when we drafted him, his age, where he's going, Goddard's going to be peaking when Ertz is starting to come down. But even though Ertz is starting to come down, Ertz is still going to be at an elite level. Yeah. So it's but perfect. most definitely, you you just don't after being elite so long, you just you just don't fall off. And, yeah, you don't fall off. It, it, it's, yeah. it's it's a slow thing. You know what I mean? You you kind of see it over the years, but it don't really matter if he's de- if if he's declining, but he's still producing at a great rate. It doesn't really matter because how how Ertz is declining, but still performing at a great rate. Dallas, um, Dallas Goddard, he's blowing up, putting up monster numbers. <laughs> you know, he might go break Ertz receiving, uh, receiving record one one of these years. For all we yeah, know, when, when it's all said and done, it, it's going to be a lot of records broken franchise wise, and I'm just excited for for what we have coming down the road because yeah, Dallas Goddard, that man is a problem. People yeah. can argue with me if they want, but right now there's no there's no better tight end. I can't even think of two tight ends on the same team right now. That That's legitimately better compete. than them. Yeah, that, that can possibly compete. When I think of tight ends, I, I literally only think of like Kelsey, he's doing it by himself, and, and Kittle's doing it by himself. Um Jordan Jordan Reed and Washington doing it by himself. Uh, and Jordan Reed's not better Dallas than any of our guys. Was doing it by itself. Yeah, like you know, I like I like the Giants tight end. I like Ingram. Yeah, Evan Evan Ingram. I doing like it him. by himself. He he he's got some promise. But he's, but he's still not better than Ertz and Goddard. Yeah, definitely not. Um, what's the and Joku on the Browns? I like him. I, yeah, I like Joku. But I, but I'll tell you this right now, and, and this is this is even leaving Ertz out, who's the number one guy. If the Browns offer me and Joku for Goddard right now, I'd decline. Straight oh, up. definitely. definitely. And that speaks volumes to just where our tight ends are at. The the offensive line and our tight ends are the two strongest things on this team. I, I wouldn't get rid of Goddard for anybody, honestly. At this point, yeah. not like, not a defensive lineman, not, not a corner. Uh, I'm good. Yeah. So we're gonna um. Let's see what um. Josh Perkins and Alex Ellis. Now they're the number three and number four tight ends. I feel like Josh Perkins is pretty solid. Do you see them even having a legit? I I like Josh Perkins. Yeah, I like him. I do. Uh, So I I really I really I'm on the Josh Perkins wave. If you want to go there, um, he he's shown he's shown some some stuff in training camp, and I'm pretty sure he got some playing time. He he's been on the yeah. I, I feel like he makes plays roster. when his numbers called. Yeah, he he does his job when his numbers called. Um, he he's a nice he. I know we use him in the run game a lot when we go three tight end. Um, he's he's good at blocking. I, I like him. I, I really yeah. like him. He, he I like him. He gets his job like done. Yeah, he Alex, gets his job Alex done. Ellis, 
he he's more to me. I like Alex Ellis too, but I like him because he comes off as a blue collar guy to me. He doesn't really demand to be on the field or anything. But you know, when he gets out there, he he he's fundamentally sound and he he does what he's supposed to do. And he looks like a football player. He looks like he knows what he's doing. He's just not he. Alex Ellis might not be as talented as the players on the field, but what I what I can count on him for, I feel like, is that he seems to know where he's supposed to be, and he and he seems to do his job. Yeah, and so I, I can I can agree with that. He's he's also very mentally tough because I know when we were doing a lot of moving around with free agents and and whatnot during the season, he got cut multiple times last season, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken. Um off and on the practice squad. So you, you got to really be have that mental uh, stability to be able to go through that in the NFL. Yeah. Um, you, you never know when a team's going to let you go. You never know when they're going to, they're going to bring you back. Um, you could get picked up on a waiver wire. Like, so to have that mental stability and, and still be able to, show the organization that you can do your job and you're learning your playbook that that shows a lot and for that i i really i really like the kid for that definitely definitely all right so so we're gonna get off these tight ends you spent a good amount of time on them let's just go ahead and jump into it man we're gonna talk about this hurts wentz thing so you take that second round pick you go get guy like Jalen Hurts. A lot of people were like, "What the hell is going on?" I don't. I don't think on? you guys got my take on that pick either. We did not. So this is the yeah. first time we're getting your take on this pick. This is the Man. first time we're getting your take on this pick. And let me guys. Let me let me tell you guys when when we first when when I watched this live. I immediately turned my 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 TV off. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I I was highly highly upset. Um, I felt disrespected, and I wasn't even Carson Wentz. Um, I just knew. I don't know. I just knew we were about to hear it uh, from the TV shows. Oh, uh, Wentz versus Hurts, and Hurts versus Wentz, and all this stuff. It's second round pick for a quarterback and you just gave Carson Wentz all this money the season before. Uh, I just don't understand. But as I started to let it grow on me and started to hear some theories of how he might be used in the offense, I started to come around. Um, Do I fully support this pick 100%? I can't say I'm there yet. Just because it's a second-round pick – we already have Carson Wentz. You took a quarterback. Um, you could have went linebacker or, or something that can help the team now. But, yeah, I, I really just wasn't – I'll be honest with you guys. I wasn't a fan of the pick. It, it, really, it really made me upset that we spent a second-round pick on Jalen Hurts. But I'm starting to come around. God forbid Wentz gets hurt and Jalen Hurts leads us to the playoffs or something. Then, you know – of course, they'll have my full support, but I felt like we could have got some more weapons for Ertz or helped out the defense a little bit more with that pick. Yeah, I mean, now, now, I, I definitely see where fans were coming from with this, but um, me personally, I actually, I, 
I was I actually was okay with the pick when it happened. I was more upset on night one. I was I was actually okay with the pick when it happened. Um, you know, do I think this? I think that it might have been a, a bit of a slap in the face to Wentz. But I like it for two things. Because here, here, one or two things. First thing off, if Carson Wentz is really that guy that we think he is, superstars, guys that are, you know, they're just different from the rest of the pack, they don't, you go do something like that to them, and the way they feel about it is, oh, so you think this guy is better than me? Watch what I do. Watch what I do when I step on this field this year. And that's why I liked it. Because I think that Wentz is one of those guys. And you know what? I think that Wentz is mad that we took um Hurts. And you know what? I think that Wentz is gonna come out here this season and he's gonna and he's gonna to the organization. He'll never say it publicly, but to the organization, he's gonna go, Oh, you oh, you think that you, you need another guy here? You know what I mean? You think you need another guy here? You think that I'm not the answer? Watch this. Watch what I do. I'm gonna show you how great I am. And and that's and that's and that's why I like the pick. That's why I like the pick a lot. And I also like the pick from the standpoint of um, Jalen Hurts wasn't that bad in college, man. No, Jalen Jalen Hurts is no bum. He he's a proven winner. He he's a people, proven winner. And people try to knock him. Uh, but like I, I said, I'm I don't think saying, he got a fair chance in that national trash. championship. I'm not I'm not saying he's trash at all. Um, but I mean, if you really look at it, also Philadelphia, we're a quarterback farm system. Uh, we we know how to build up a lot of quarterbacks, and then you know, once we get them fundamentally right, if we already have somebody in the pitcher, we trade them off for for value. So that that's how I looked at it. Like we're we're a quarterback farm system. We we're, we're always gonna draft a quarterback. You know, build them up fundamentally wise. And then see what we can get for him later on in the future. If we don't end up keeping Hertz around, that that's how I see us using him. Now, now, does this make you worry at all, though? Um, interview Doug Peterson. He compared Hertz to uh, Lamar Jackson, and he talked about how he think that we can use him in a lot of ways that the Ravens used. Lamar Jackson in his first um his first year with the Ravens. Now I do have a problem with that personally because the reason I have a problem with that is because we saw what happened with Lamar. Um Lamar went on to take that spot and Lamar was taking about twenty percent of the snaps from from um Joe Flacco before he ever took that spot. And I don't think that Earth should be on the field twenty percent of the time, no. I think that Wentz should be on the field 90 to 95% of the time. I think Hurts needs to be on the field purely for gadget plays and stuff, unless, you know, Wentz goes down somehow. But, like, if it's not that type of case, I think that Wentz needs to be out there. You know what I mean? You bring Hurts in and Taysom Hill type conversation, Taysom Hill type of uh, formations, you know. Yeah. They throw the defense off. I I can see where Coach P was going with that uh, just because – if you really sit around and look at the league, that that's where it's going. That's how these defenses are being built around the mobility of quarterbacks um, like Mahomes and 
and Lamar Jackson, Taysom Hill. He's he's going to be the future in New Orleans pretty soon. Uh, Drew Brees really doesn't have that many years, so I, I could see why why he said that. That's probably like the future of the league. You won't see as many pocket passers probably in the future. Um, even Tua, uh, he he's a mobile quarterback, so I can see that. Do I want him on the field taking snaps away from Carson like that? No, because Carson is no Joe Flacco. Uh, at the age Joe Flacco was, because I'll, I'll give Joe Flacco his credit. He is a Super Bowl quarterback, but at the age that he was, he he's no Joe Flacco. Um, if I had the choice, I'd put Lamar Jackson in for uh, uh, aging Joe Flacco. Anyway, yeah, but uh, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see him. That's where I get the excitement, and I like to pick when the gadget plays come up, or you know. Uh, remember, Carson Wentz caught his injury in the red zone, diving for the goal line. If we can avoid that and have a mobile quarterback, you know, who can make people miss, you know, um, in that position, you know, uh, don't want to have anything happen to Carson Wentz, uh, like on a third and one. You don't want him to like break his kneecap, like uh, yeah. Mahomes did last season. So you put in Hurts, you know, pick up that first down, do some trickery. Now, Jalen Hurts has run the Philly special before in college. I don't know if you've seen that. that I did. I did. He he has. So, I mean, if we're going to use him like that, I'm all for it. But if you want to, you know, bring him in and kind of have him compete with Carson Wentz, I I totally disagree with that right now. Yeah, I, I totally disagree with that as well. Um, you, you never know exactly what the organization is trying to do, but I hope it's for the right things, you know, because you, you look at what Hurts did, and it makes sense. I mean, last season he rushed for 1298, 20 TDs on the ground. That's on the ground. His career in college, he had 3,274 yards with 43 touchdowns. Running the ball. That That's that's just as an athlete running the ball. And I think that's where he, I think that's where we need to have him be. Yeah, purely. Um, At this stage, I I don't want to see Carson running with the ball like that. Um, Because every time he gets hit, I get scared. Yeah. I I, I get scared. Every time I see him scramble, all I get is flashes from the Rams game. Yeah, I hate it. I hate it, man. But but that's that's just how that's just how thing that's just how things is. So so let me ask you this though: Does that drafting of Jalen Hurts put even more pressure on Wentz this year? See, here's the thing: I think he accepts the pressure. Um, I think he accepts the pressure that the media is going to build up with the whole. We're going to be hearing this a lot, um, but you know, he had pressure when Nick Foles was his backup, whether people want to believe it or not, because Nick Foles was drafted by this team after he came back. Um, You know, Carson had a bit of a shaky second season, uh, his sophomore year. Um, So, I mean, I I, I see it happening. Third season. Third third season. season. I'm sorry. Third season. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I see it happening. Um, he, he, he'll just use it as motivation. You know, he's the competitor that Carson is. He's not going to want to be off the field. 
he he wants to prove to this team and this city that he can lead us fully, fully healthy to the Super Bowl where we belong. He wants to show that 2017 Carson Wentz. Definitely. Definitely. You know, I think so it does. I feel, I feel like it's, it's, it's pressure, but it's really the media hyping up the pressure. Yeah. Because Carson already has pressure on himself because he wants to prove that he can stay healthy. Yeah, he's 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 had he's had pressure every year. You think about it. Um 27, I mean 2016 year rookie year, your top two pick come to Philly. You gotta be big time. If that's not pressure, I don't know what it is. And then, you know, he didn't really have a team there that year. We weren't that great. Cowboys go 13 and 3 with a quarterback they drafted in the fourth round. And that Prescott, and you coming into 2017, and people were saying the Cowboys got a better quarterback than the Eagles in a fourth round. Yeah. You know what I mean? So pressure's on them again in 2017. Delivers. Answers the bell. And then he goes down. MVP, Nick Foles MVP comes caliber in. season. Yes. He goes down. Nick Foles comes in, wins the Super Bowl. Now he has pressure on him. Fans think Nick Foles should be the starter. You know what I mean? Yep. Boom. Comes back, team struggling. Everyone wants to blame it on Carson, but I'm going to tell you this, like I tell everybody this, that slow start wasn't because of Carson. The team as a whole was playing like crap at the start of that season. People act like Nick Foles didn't start those two games, and we were still struggling in those first two games. People like to act like that. But no, the team as a whole was struggling. That season opener was a nail biter against Atlanta. Exactly, and then we go over, and then we turned around and got smacked versus Tampa Bay, who wasn't even a playoff team. And then, you know, uh, Foles comes back in, leads them to the playoffs again, catch away from possibly making another Super Bowl run. Man, coming to the next year, pressure's on them again. Yeah, what did the does? Eagles make the right decision? Put it, yep. And what does he do? Put the team on his back and drags him to the playoffs. With now we're coming into this year. Yep. And now we're coming into this year. You got Jalen Hurts there. The pressure's there again. But my thing about it is, is Wentz been playing under pressure his whole career. So I don't see why he can't do it now. I think he will be A-OK. I think he'll be A-OK. That, that, that's why I, I I think this is a good thing for Carson. Um, it it's definitely the media. I feel like the media is always is just gonna blow things out of proportion like they always do. And Car- Carson is just trying to prove to himself and the fans that he can get back to that MVP caliber season because he he should have won that year. He was on a mission. And he deserved to play in that Super Bowl. Absolutely. He, Absolutely. he deserved it. Okay, so hypothetically speaking, this is, this is all hypothetical. Um, let's just say Eagles are, we'll say it's week 13. Now we'll say it's week 12, right? Uh, week 12, we got, we're, we're 11 games in. Eagles sitting at seven and four. Jalen Hurts comes in because Carson goes down again. And Jalen Hurts leads us to 
an eleven and five season and gets us to the divisional or the or the NFC championship round. Do you think that Jalen Hurts coming in off of a Wentz injury could end the era of Wentz in Philly if he if he comes in and leads us to a, a NFC championship? Man, it honestly, it possibly could. And the only reason I say that is because there are those fans out there that are just tired of Carson getting hurt or those fans out there that miss Nick Foles and there's those fans that, you know, just want to blame every, no matter who drops a pass or who misses a block or doesn't run the right route, they just want to blame Carson. So it it possibly could be. Um, that would also be insane because, you know, it, it's like, damn, every time Carson is having a good season and he's showing promise, he goes down and gets hurt. And yeah. Then, a quarterback steps up and carries the team the rest of the way. Um, it, it it could it could lead to it. And and this is the thing, man. I, I love Wentz. I love Carson to death. I was biggest Carson fan. I'm not going to lie. I was down at the stadium during a playoff game. We went down. I was pissed off at Wentz that night. Yeah, I remember. I felt like he I... let us down, and I was very angry. And, and, and you know why I was so angry? is because I want this kid to do good so bad. I want – people don't understand. I love the Eagles to a point that, like, I don't even know if – you can't explain the point that I love the Eagles to. And, and Carson Wentz, I want, I want to see him be that guy so bad. I want it. I want Carson if if I have everything the way I want it Carson Wentz will be that guy. I love him to death, man. And when he went down it broke my heart. And I was so angry that I turned on him for a split second. You were so then, Let me tell the fans. You were so upset that I was sitting here texting you because I was watching from home. You were at the game. I'm sitting here texting you. It's a dirty hit. It's a dirty hit. And all you could say is, I don't care, man. Carson's trash. He don't do nothing but stay injured. I'm over it. We need to get a new quarterback. Beyond angry, man. I was beyond angry. It, when it wasn't earlier in Washington, I have you on, on FaceTime video screaming out of the stadium, leaving FedEx Field after we just upset Washington. <laughs> Carson Wentz. Put some, put some respect on Carson J. Wentz's name. That's my quarterback. That's my quarterback. That's because I, I love him, man. And I, listen, I feel you on that passion. I want nothing but Carson to succeed. You feel me? I cheer for Carson the same way that I'll be cheering for my son when he starts playing sports and he hits his first single or gets his first at bat or something. Like I, I'm that passionate about my my Philly sports teams like that. Like I just want us to win. Exactly. If we lose, I'm crying. Like I'm crying like I just lost somebody in my family type. Yeah, crying. man. Like people people think it's funny. I tell attack. people all the time I cried when we lost that first Super Bowl to the Patriots, man. Shed real tears. Man, 
let, let me, I almost ended up in the hospital when we lost that first Patriots game. I was so upset, I could not calm down. They were like, Breon, we're going to have to send you to the hospital if you don't calm down and just start breathing. I cried so much. I didn't want cake. We, we had a Super Bowl party. I didn't want the cake. I didn't want anything. I was so upset. I didn't want to go to school the next day. But I went to school that whole next week, and I wore nothing but Philadelphia Eagles stuff every week. And people laughed at me, said, hey, y'all lost the Super Bowl. You must be some super fan. Like, why are you still wearing Eagle stuff? I wore it every single day of the week. Yeah. If it wasn't a jersey, it was a T-shirt. I Like, I'm that passionate about my team. Yeah, man. And that's what I'm saying, man. I love when – and, you know, even when, when, once, when I spazzed out like that, I had to – I was so mad, man, because the, all the emotions throughout the day. I was there I think- from 8 in the morning. We were tailgating. I was pretty drunk. We were having a good time. I was so excited. It was my first playoff game at Link. And when he went down, man, it destroyed me. And I, I just got so emotional about it that I was so angry. And a little bit a little bit of it had to do with the fact that I was drunk at the time. But I was so angry. It's just like I didn't want to I didn't want to hear anything. All I knew was that like I had I had all the confidence in this guy at the time. And I, I, I felt in the moment, I felt let down. Like, I, I felt like my superhero had just died at, at the moment. That, that's how. And that's understandable. And that is completely understandable because that, that's his first playoff game. So our expectations are through the roof since he just carried a bunch of offensive nobodies and Miles Sanders and, and our tight ends. Everybody else was pretty much nobody. Pretty much. Um, Thanks for y'all contributions during the season, but you know y'all were no names. We we really didn't know who y'all were. Um, you he carried them to the playoffs, and up against a Seattle team who we one could have beaten in the regular season, and two would have beaten if Carson would have stayed. Yeah, out. that was a get back game, man. That was a get back game. I, I'll go out and say if Josh McCown didn't. Uh, uh, hurt his hamstring that game. We probably, we probably still, still win. win. We probably still win. We probably would have still won. You got some forty-year-old. You got some forty-year-old. Just came off his couch probably a couple weeks earlier. Out there, running in some Jordan ones, <laughs> about to win you a playoff game. About to about do to it, win man. You a playoff game. About to do it, man. I tell you what, too. I watched that. Um, I don't know if you guys tuned into it, but I watched the Eagles Insider. What was the name of it? Um. This year, um, where they gave you basically the insight on the whole season. Oh, the um, isn't it the all or nothing? Yeah, all or nothing. Um, yeah. dude, I gained some respect for Josh McCown when I didn't know he tore his hamstring in that game. I didn't know he came back out there and played like that. When that man came back through that locker room and he broke down like that, once he got around that corner, he thought nobody could see him. He just broke down like that, man. That tore me up because you know what? It might not touch other other cities' fans the way it touches us, but in Philly, we have a special connection with our players, man. And when when I when I saw the way he came around that corner, man, as soon as he hit that corner, he just broke down crying. That tore me up on the inside, man, because I was like, dang. Like, you have a player like that who comes in, does it's not even started, probably doesn't even expect to play the whole game. And he just has so much love and passion for the game and the team 
and he wants to see you succeed that on his way to the locker room, he just stops and he's couldn't make it to the locker room crying and he's crying. Couldn't even make it to the locker room. He's just crying. Zach Ertz had to go and, pick and him blaming, up man. and blaming himself on the loss that man, that touched my heart right there. I, I would have loved to see him uh, back this season, even if it was like assistant quarterback coach or uh, offensive coordinator or something. That's he really, really knows how to work. He he really knows how to work with Carson. Yeah. And I, I felt like that was a He good, was a good voice in the air. Yeah, I felt like that was a good voice in his ear um, and really helped him develop the way Carson ended up developing throughout the rest of the season with the weapons that he had. Because Josh McCown bounced around – I think he played on what twelve NFL teams. Yeah, and that was that. That was his per, that was his first playoff start. That well, not yeah. start playoff game that he played in. Right there, that but was his first even, playoff game. Even throughout your career, playing on twelve different teams, you know, uh, especially when most of them aren't like winning teams, you're gonna be in situations that Carson Wentz was in, where you might not have your best offensive weapon available throughout the rest of the season for you. So you have to find some way to win. And I felt like. Josh McCown brought that experience to Carson by being that that savvy vet who has been around the league, seen it all, and really helped Carson get through that that situation. Yeah, he he was really he was really a good mentor for the team. Yeah, at, as a backup, and I I respect him for that. I almost bought a Josh McCown jersey. Yeah, man that that one hit that one hit home a little bit for me. So um. Well, we're going to just one more thing on Hurts, man. So, you know, what what do you think the long-term plan for Hurts is? Um, barring, let's say, when stays relatively healthy from here on. And if he stays healthy from here on, you know we're going to be contenders every year. It, or whether we win it or not, we're going to be contenders every year right there. So, say when stays healthy here on out. In the next two to three years, what do, what do you see as the, the long-term plan for Hurts? Well, here, here's the thing about the whole hypothetical if Wentz does get hurt again and it's the end of Carson and Philly, this team, as of right now, is pretty much built for Jalen Hurts to succeed. He's got the speed on the outside. He's got uh, the tight end weapons. He's got the running back weapons. It, it's built for him to succeed. There's no reason why he shouldn't succeed if it ever came down to that situation. Um, or like even future wise, if he is the future, this team is is built around. I'm pretty sure they're only going to get him more speed uh, weapons on the outside at receiver if he is in the future. But if Carson does his job and he's the Carson we all want and need him to be, um, then like I said earlier, uh, this organization has shown to be a quarterback farm system where we build up the quarterback, we build up their fundamentals, and then we just trade them off, see what kind of value we can get for them. Um, that, that probably will be the move. That's, remember that's how what I'm went, thinking, too. Remember how it went with Kevin Cobb? You know, everyone was like, oh, he's, he's Donovan's replacement. And then, you know, we bring in Mike Vick. Cobb gets one too many concussions, and we trade him to Arizona and get some draft picks. Yeah. Yep. You know, um, I know it's kind of the same thing that we're doing with like Nate Sudfeld. I know last year a couple teams had offers for him. And he's really good. Yeah. You know, uh, we just know how to to build quarterbacks up. Yep. 
as a, as a, as a franchise, we we're, we just know that, and we we get that from the Andy Reid era. You know, he he knows how to build quarterbacks. I mean, McNabb, now our coach Doug Peterson, who was under Reid. Yeah, who was under Reid as a player and uh, assistant coach and offensive coordinator and stuff. So, I mean, he'll he'll probably end up getting traded if we don't keep him along because Carson is just doing his job. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I don't really have much to add to that. You you hit it right on the nail for me. I think me Why and you not right, value? right on yeah. key with that. I think we're right on key with that. So now we're, we're going to talk about these LBs, man. We're going to talk about these linebackers. Um, This is a pretty stacked team. You know, I like what we did at corner. I think the safeties are there. We got McLeod. I think Mills is going to be, actually be better at safety than he was at corner. Um, Kavon Wallace, I've, I've, I've been beating that one into submission on you guys that he, he's going to play a big role. So, you, you know, I like him too. Um, if there's any weak spot, it's the linebackers. Let's just be honest. If there is any weak spot, it's the linebackers. You know, Nathan Gary is really the only one who got significant playing time last year that we have returning. And he, he actually missed on 29% of his attempt tackles in 2019, which was the third highest among linebackers. So, you know, that's not a good stat to be in the top three for. Um, yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. you got to make tackles. And if anyone watched our games last season, that that was our biggest problem, that linebacker. They, they were just missing a bunch of tackles. Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong. I like Nathan Gary. I think he plays hard. I think he's a um, I think he's an effort guy. But you know, is, is he really the answer? Answer to be a, a starting linebacker? Do you, do you believe in him as a starting linebacker? Like, how, how worried should we be about these linebackers? You know, um, linebacker is definitely our weak spot on defense. But to be fair, Eagles really never have had a a subpar, average, above average, or elite linebacking core in their franchise history. Yeah, it's not, never. I been... can't think of. Yep. I can't think of one year where we've had all three linebackers be like problems. No, hasn't been. Hasn't happened. We're just not. That's that's just not how us as a franchise. Even when we won a Super Bowl, we had no names in that middle linebacker once. Exactly. Uh, once um, uh, Jordan Hicks went down, there was no names in that line at middle linebacker. You know. So. That being said. It is a weak spot, but organization-wise, we've we've really never had linebackers. The way the league is going now, I really don't think you need three linebackers because a lot of people are pe- playing the nickel and dime coverages so well because of the threat of the quarterbacks. You'd rather have a, a, D-back, a defensive back coming in on a And blitz, that's what we predominantly to, play. Yeah, trying to contain, uh, you know, the quarterback and it also helps with speed because not that many linebackers in the national football league are fast um, and can cover these, these running backs and chase down the, the quarterbacks or the, the wide receivers coming across the middle on slants and drags and stuff. So um, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely a weak spot. And, but the way I see it, how, how we're moving, I think we're going to play a lot of nickel this season. 
So we won't have that many linebackers on the field. Um, Gary, in my opinion, he might get his job taken. Um, he might. It, the missed tackles are, are really going to be a problem. If, if we do keep him on the team, it'll honestly just be for depth. But he, he has a chance of possibly losing his job this season. Okay. I can see that. No, I, I can see him losing his job to either TJ Edwards or, or that rookie, Devon Taylor. De, Devonta, and I like Devon Taylor a lot. Yeah, we're, we're, we're going to get into him. I, I got some, some things I, I really like about this this young man. Yeah, that, and that's actually what I was getting ready to touch on. Um, I think if Devon Taylor turns out to be a stud, then we're fine at linebacker. And I think that the Eagles are actually banking on him to turn out to be a stud. Now, he could not. He's a rookie. We haven't seen him on the field. But he he's one of the fastest linebackers in the draft. He might have been the fastest. I'm not 100% sure. You know, I know he ran a 4-4-9 four, four, in his 40. So you know he could cover know, the pass. You know he could blitz. I know he had – I think he had the fastest 20-yard shuffle. Uh, that was like a 4-2. Yeah, his vert is thirty five inches. Uh, I watched film on this kid, and what's crazy about him is he didn't play football growing up. He had some kind of uh, I, I don't know the exact name of the religion that he was into, but they weren't allowed to do stuff on like Saturdays, Sundays, or or Fridays. So he really couldn't play high school in football. He could just like practice throughout the week. He really wasn't allowed to play because of his religion. I think he went to, like, a junior college, played, like, two games there, and then got an offer from, from Division One schools. Um, he walked on to that, that uh, Division Two school, actually, and then, like, played, like, two, two games or, like, a game and a half and then got offers from some colleges. But he's, he's really fast. He can, he can play east to west very well. Um, his north to south speed is is incredible uh, for a linebacker, but he's also a converted safety, so he's got that coverage skill. His speed is really going to help out this defense a lot. Um, his senior stats, I mean, for the University of Colorado, he had 129 tackles, two sacks. Um, he had three fumble recoveries. I think in college he played 24 career games. Uh, he had 18 tackles for a loss. I mean, for someone who doesn't have that good of football experience and you've only been playing the sport for like three years, that that's pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, there's a game where Colorado was playing Oregon and they were getting blown out. I mean, it's like 38 to three. And this man is hawking down running backs making the tackle you're down 38 to three and you're still playing full speed effort's still there showing your team, even though you're getting blown out that you're not going to quit effort's still then, there uh, and that's and that's a leadership makes, quality right there yeah he he makes another play in that game i think the score was like 45 to three at that point he hawking down another running back yeah like th- this kid this kid can can really he he might get a role here because because of his speed and just now see his only weak part I would give him is his block shedding if he can work on his block shedding he'll really be a problem 
but his speed is definitely going to help out this defense. I think in college he was second on the team for pass defenses. And you're a linebacker. If you're second on the team, your entire team for pass defenses, and you're a linebacker, and your team's got corners and safeties, but you're second in pass defense, that that's going to say something. Yeah, that, that's the that's ability something. to break up the pass. That means you can you can cover those uh, receivers or tight ends or running backs out of the backfield. And with your speed and ability to, to move so fast vertically and, and stuff, you're really going to help out. I'm excited to see how we use him. I wouldn't be surprised if he starts. Um, if he doesn't start, I'm pretty sure it's just, you know, working on his fundamentals some more, but I, I expect to see him on the field this season. I expect to see him on the field too. And I'll, I'll go, I'll go beyond the, I wouldn't be surprised if he starts to the, I think he is going to start. Um, I think that it'll probably end up being him and Nathan Gary on the field at the same time in the nickel. But this is also another belief I had. Um, don't be surprised if you see the Eagles put Kavon Wallace down there in that box, man. Because see that that that's that's where I was it, going. I, I don't think I don't think Gary sees the field. I think they have in the nickel package. I think they're going to have Taylor and Wallace at the linebacker spots. At the yeah, linebacker, bring spots. Wallace down in the box. You still got McLeod and you still got Mills over the top. Wallace is physical. He's a physical player. Physical. So. He'll he'll be fine down there in that box. You know what I mean. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised in a situation Wallace. with two rookies in there in in there at the linebacker spots. I would not be surprised. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised either. Um, I, I really like T.J. Edwards over Nathan Gary, though. You think so? To be honest with you, yeah. To be honest with you, because last year a lot of people didn't know about him because he was an undrafted free agent, but. Once I saw that we signed him, uh, I went straight to the film like I do every pickup, looked at some stuff. He honestly, with the the few snaps that he did play last season, he was probably the most productive linebacker last season on the entire team. Like the way he's 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 ready to play now. The way he's able to read and understand the process of plays, like knowing when to hit the gaps and move around the blocks to make plays, he's TJ Edwards is really going to be something special. Uh, I think a lot of people are going to sleep on him. So don't be, you know, don't be surprised if he makes a boom this season and really shows that he, he belongs out there. Now, now what and about Jatavius Brown from the uh, Broncos? Jatavius Brown, I like him, but I don't like him because he, he struggled with a lot of open field tackles last season as well. And that's, that's a part of his weak spots in, in his game. Um, I know he can cover, and he plays man and, and zone defense really well. He has a nice break on the ball. But it's these open field tackles. I mean, you're pretty much just another Nathan Gary, if you really think about it. Yeah. Because Nathan Gary can, can play zone because of his speed, and he can play man because of his speed. But if you're not going to make the tackle, there's really no point of having you on the field. Um, but we'll, we'll just have to see with Brown and, and see how he does in this system. Um, if he, you know, if he's continues to show that he can't make the open field tackles, 
I think we only see him on special teams. Okay. Now I'm I'm intrigued personally. I'm intrigued by Brown. I think it really comes down to how hard he works this offseason to get better. Yeah. That that's what that's what I really think it comes down to. All right, so, so we're gonna we're gonna get ready to close this out. We got the closest segment of the day. And uh, you know, it's fun time now. It's fun time it now. Fun. Fun. We're gonna get into these um we're gonna get into these me and Brian. Um we made we both made our all time defensive lineups. Now you guys heard our offensive lineups last last week. Um, so we'll get into this. We'll get into this one. You want me to go first, or you want to go first? Hey, you can go first this time. Okay. All right. So I'm gonna start down at the D line. Big boys got to eat. Big boys got to eat. All right. So DN, I'm gonna go Clyde Simmons. Okay. okay. Clyde Simmons, man. Monster, 1989 through 92, he stringed off 55 Talk sacks. about it. 55 sacks. In three seasons, he stinked off 55 sacks. 76 for a career. I don't even think I need to name these, these tackles. <laughs> I don't even think I need to name them. I'm going to go Fletcher Cox and Reggie White in, in the middle of the D-line. I know Reggie White okay. was technically a DM, but I'm putting him at D tackle on my all-time defensive lineup. We're gonna have him and Fletcher right. Cox in the middle. Boy, I try you can get the best three, you can get the best center and the best two guards in the league all time. They're not stopping them. <laughs> um, my other DN spot, I'm gonna go Trent Cole. Okay. Trent Cole, that's my boy monster, right there. Man. Another monster, man. Um, linebackers, I did this out of the nickel formation, so I got three corners, two linebackers. Okay. Uh, linebackers, my first one's going to be Jeremiah Trotter. I think he's probably hey. m- might be the best um, all-time Eagles linebacker in Eagles history. Um, and uh, I'm also going to go Seth Joyner. You know, he played back in the early 90s. Seth Joyner was a oh, baller. Man. Seth Joyner, man. Yeah, he was a baller. Mr. Consistent right there. Hey, he don't hold back in his uh, post-game press or uh, his post-game show. Press, yeah, press comedy, yep. <laughs> he don't hold back. So with these corners, my, my, my number one corner is going to be Eric Allen. 88 through 94, six-time pro bowler, 54 career interceptions, Statistically, yes. there ain't a corner that been better than him. Um, number two, I'm gonna go Sheldon Brown. Sheldon Brown is my personal favorite corner to ever play on the Eagles. <laughs> I love Sheldon Brown, man. He reminds me of me. <laughs> you know, he, he had Sheldon. 26 career <laughs> interceptions. Great, great career with us. You know, he balled those those days when we had him and Lito Shepard. Whoo! Consistency. I tell you, boy, no fly zone. <laughs> Consistency and big hits. Yeah. We can't mention Sheldon Brown without, without bringing up Reggie oh Bush. My <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I jumped out of my seat on that it's, tackle. It's kids today that wasn't alive for that game that watched that highlight on YouTube. <laughs> Man, talk about it. The slot corner. I got to go with my man Asante Samuel. I'm putting him in the slot. 
Asante was Mr. a baller. He was a big play, Asante. You know, he was going to make a play, man. Pick sixes. You know you know how he was doing, man. Um, strong safety, I'm going out. I'm going with Malcolm Jenkins at strong safety. I almost put Quentin McHale in there, but I had to give Malk the edge. I'm going to go with Malk. And then free safety, you already know who that is. B-Dog, the great. Weapon X. Had to go with him at free safety. Had to. So that that's my all-time that, defensive lineup right there. That that defensive line sounds like a uh, Super Bowl. That's right. That defensive right line. There. That defensive line with Brian Dawkins and Jenkins at the safety. Oh my god! Come on, man. That sounds like. Come on, man. A Super Bowl. All right, let me get started. So with my all-time defensive lineup for the Eagles, I'm going to start D-line as well. Uh, My two ends are going to be Reggie White. So unlike you, I have Reggie White at the position. And uh, Trent Cole. Okay. Okay. Inside, I got Fletcher Cox, of course. I knew Fletcher was in there. And Jerome Brown. We can't forget about Jerome Brown. That's a good one. We can't forget that defensive line that I just named right there top in the league. Nobody's running on you. Nobody's passing on you. Be on the lookout. What? Linebackers, I got the axe man, Jeremiah Trotter. Uh, and I got Seth Joyner as well. Okay. But also, let's 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 not forget, I want to do a special shout out, even though I can't add this person because I did the nickel formation anyway. Shout out to the Eagles legend, Chuck Bednarik. Ooh. Okay, Chuck Bednarik, number 60, his number is retired. Dude was a monster. I believe he played offense and defense. Ooh, that's a good one. I think he was like our center or something. But he he was a beast at linebacker. To watch his highlights, ain't no color, so y'all can go do (laughs) your homework on him. Um, Just letting y'all know y'all will be watching it in white and black. Corners. Uh, we are doing the nickel formation. I also have Eric Allen. Oh, yeah. Uh, I got Troy Vincent. He's one of my all-time favorites. I almost put him in he's there. From, he, he He's from the town, yep. you know. So, And I was born on the 23rd, so 23 is one of my favorite numbers. That's one of the numbers he wore. Um, I love Troy Vincent. And then, uh, see – this, that's why this defense is so hard. I'm gonna go Asante Samuel as well. So I'm gonna have Troy Vincent, Asante Samuel, and Eric Allen. But shout out to Sheldon Brown and Lito Shepard. Yeah, because those two held it down my entire childhood through from elementary throughout middle school. And, and bit without a and doubt. Big shout out to Lito Shepard because I was debating between him and Brown, and in my head, I just knew you were going to put Lito Shepard. So I'll put Brown instead. <laughs> yeah. Lito, Lito is my boy. So many pick sixes for, for game winners. Uh, so many picks against Dallas in clutch needed situations. And my man's got his own song. Like for the fans to sing Lito, 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 every time you get an interception or make a big play, <laughs> you know you're something special in, yeah, the, Phil- in the city of Philadelphia. Uh, safeties, Malcolm Jenkins. 
and, and Weapon X, Brian Dawkins. It don't get no better. Oh, yeah. I took Jenkins because he 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 was our missing piece. We really didn't have a safety after Dawkins left. And for Jenkins to come in, take the Dawkins role, be the leader of the defense, make sure everyone's on their P's and Q's, and to bring us our first Super Bowl, I, I truly appreciate it. That's why I wasn't that mad that he went back to New Orleans. Um, he he did his job. He helped us get a Super Bowl. He's forever an Eagles legend in my book. Most and definitely. Brian Dawkins, his name just speaks for himself. That's, that's B. Dawk the GOAT. <laughs> that's B. Dawk the GOAT, man. Speaking of Dawkins really quick, though, you know he's really close to uh, Kavon yes. Wallace. Kavon Wallace was roommates with his son at Clemson. Yeah. So, um, I'm really excited. I keep preaching. Kavon it. even went and got the uh, some this huge eagle tatted on his back. So you know he's committed. Yeah, I I keep I keep preaching it, man. I think Kavon's the next one. You know, it was Dalt, it yeah. was Jinx, now it was Kavon. That that's how I feel about the situation, man. I I, I think it is. I I agree with you on that part. All right, so um that that's going that's going to be a wrap up for the day. Uh, great, great episode, man. It's a fun episode. I really been enjoying my time, um, doing this podcast. Everybody that's tuning in, you know, me and Breon, we love talking Eagles. We know that you, if you're tuning in, you love Eagles talk, and we we're very happy that everyone's tuning in. You know what I mean? Like I said, we're gonna keep these coming every week. New listeners, we're glad that you guys are tuning in. Uh, we're, we're gonna get into some more stuff next week too, man. We're gonna we're going, to, we're going to make sure we keep everything up for you guys. We're going to have some fun stuff to talk about. We're going to have some serious stuff to talk about. Um, but, you know, yeah, man, we're, we're just glad that everyone's still tuning in. This is our, our sixth episode now, and um, everything is going great, man. And I'm excited about the episodes that's upcoming for all you guys, and I know Breon is as well. Um, listen, guys, I'm very pumped. I just want to thank you guys again for all the support. Um all the times you guys repost it on the social media. Um, we do have a Twitter page in the process where you'll be able to do, we'll have upcoming polls uh, before the season starts on topics and, uh, you know, player versus player position battles, uh, things that you guys can take a part of. And then we'll also have the uh, Facebook page that we're getting together for you guys, for those who aren't on Twitter, but yeah, we just appreciate you guys uh, taking the time to listen. Uh, we're very excited that we can get this show on the road. Um, you know, it's our goal to be uh, in the same location while recording this. But the fact that, you know, we can do it from separate locations um, is just truly a blessing. And we truly appreciate everyone who takes the time to support us and believes in our dreams and we just love bringing you guys Eagles football. Like, me and Willie can talk Eagles football all day. Uh, if this podcast was 24 hours, we'd be bringing you Eagles football. 24, 24 hours. hours. <laughs> 24 hours. But, yeah, thanks again. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this week's show, and I can't wait to be back next week for the new episode. Um, until then, uh, as always, Dallas sucks. Fly, Eagles, fly. Um Willie, you got anything else you want to say to the fans? Hey, man, Fly Eagles Fly 2020 is going to be a great year. I'm looking for big things from Wentz, looking for big things from the offense. 
We did some stuff in the draft that I'm really excited about. And, you know, fly Eagles fly. Dallas sucks. Hey. Giants suck. Redskins suck. Hey, we're going, we're going for that Super Bowl this year, man. And I'm, I'm very excited for it. It's going to be a great season. And I, I can't wait till the season kicks off, man. I can't either. I'm glad that they're in talks uh, about, you know, starting to do the workouts and everything pretty soon uh, with this whole pandemic coming to an end. So we're going to get football. I'm excited. Um, These tailgates are going to be crazy. These games are going to be crazy. We're going to try to do a a pre-game show. We're going to do a pre-game show. It's going to be pre. We're going to try to get some pre-game shows in for you guys this year. Whenever we make it out the games, we're going to have some pre-game shows um, at the tailgate. It's going to be available on a podcast as well as YouTube where you can actually see us on camera. We're going to get Eagles fans into it, get their thoughts on the games coming up, and we're going to make sure it's dropped and released to you before the game ever even kicks off with plenty of time for you to listen in. Uh, we'll get you the YouTube channel once we get it set up because it will be live on there as well. And, yeah, we're, we're going to do it, man. We're going to do it. We got, we got a lot of stuff coming for you guys from Twitter to Facebook to the podcast to the YouTube channel. We, we're, we're really excited, man. It's going to be a great year to be an Eagles fan. It definitely is because we're going to win the Super Bowl. All the way. All, <laughs> All the way. way. <laughs> All right. So, you know, everybody, you guys have a great night. Fly, Eagles, fly. Hey, right, take care.